3: presented by AT&T connecting changes everything
1: Are you ready for this Sean Merriman a one hand back boom 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 out go the light
4: This is Lights Out with Sean Merriman What's up guys we're back again with another Lights Out podcast with me Sean Merriman and uh Got Gerald McCoy, man, um, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, one of the staples in the locker room, just an all-around leader and just, just somebody that uh, that you want in there, especially when you got a young team. Um, we talk a lot about it. We're going to be talking a lot about injuries and um, him bouncing back. Got a lot of similarities too, man, and having some back-to-back injuries and trying to figure it out, man. But this dude is a warrior, um, just an ultimate leader. And I always used to watch him. We had our our mutual trainer in San Diego, Todd Durkin, uh, Fitness Quest, um, used to work during the off-seasons. And you watch a lot of these guys on the field, um, and you know that they're beasts. You see them making plays, but you never get a chance to see them during the off-season. And I remember uh, going to work out down in San Diego, just probably uh, maybe a little bit after I retired in 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. And I saw Gerald McCoy work, and I said, okay, now I see why he's doing what he's doing Sundays because this dude he loves to work. So, um, great conversation coming up here, Gerald McCoy. Gerald, what's up, my dude? How you doing?
2: What's happening? I'm great.
4: What uh, I know, we talked the other day. You were down in Texas, but what, what part? Where you at now?
2: I'm in. Uh, I'm living in McKinney, but I'm training in Frisco, uh, not far from the star. So, uh, but I, I actually just bought a house in uh, Rockwall. So, um, my wife and I, whenever I do retire, we plan on living in Dallas anyway. Yeah. So we just went ahead since we was already down here, just started the process. That way, when I do retire, we already, you know, we ain't gotta do all that afterwards. We just, when I'm done, I'm done. We got a house and we good to go.
4: I was I was just down in uh I was just down in Dallas and Frisco too because it's a big um one of my partners out he's a he's big in tech. But uh it, that mm-hmm. whole tech, that whole area down there, as far as tech, man, is booming like crazy. I don't know if you knew that or not.
2: No, I didn't. I didn't. I just know uh, this uh, Frisco area. There's a lot of areas around that's being built up, the Prosper area, Frisco. Uh, they building up Walkwall Heath area where I'm living. Everything starting to be built up. I know a lot of people. You know, you think about like the the suburb I guess type area you think of like uh South Lake or West Lake. Yep. But the Frisco area is building up a lot, man. Like McKinney, Plano, all them areas are building up big time, real fast.
4: I, I swear every time I come down and I and I got to head back down to uh to Dallas and Frisco in a few more weeks. Every time I get down there the first thing I always tell myself is I can live down here. Probably not now, like right now cuz I'm still I move around right. too much, but Definitely at some point. So what what brought you down there? I know you I knew you grew up in Oklahoma, right? You you grew up in Oklahoma. So is that what kind of brought you there?
2: Yeah, well, it's such a great place, man. Like, you know, you drive you live in Oklahoma. You drive up to Dallas. It's such an easy drive. It's two and a half hours to get down here and then, you know, a lot of different things. And then when I signed up the Cowboys, uh, we kind of decided we was kinda in between because my son went to OU. Yeah. So it was like I'm going to Dallas. He's going to OU. Should we make the move now so we can be close to him? Should I keep everybody in Florida? Or I don't know. Then we asked my daughter, who was going into high school, do you want to finish high school in Florida or you want to go to Texas? She was like, no, I want to go to Texas. I want to be around my family. So we made the move. See, you know, that's
4: crazy because – so I, I grew up in Maryland and Washington, D.C. area, and then I, I got when I got drafted by the Chargers, like – I just and I love home. I, I go back all the time. All my family's still back in Maryland and Washington, DC area, but I can't move I, I can't live back there. I don't think I can never live back there full time. And so I'm I'm hooked on 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 California, either Southern California or, or somewhere around mm-hmm. San Diego because that's home. So you but you played in, in Tampa for, for nine years. So like how 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 much time are you gonna go back and, and spend there?
2: I'm gonna stay I'm gonna always be in Tampa, man. We kept our house there. You know, my son was just there. They had their break after the Cotton Bowl. He went back. He was there for two and a half weeks. And then I'm going to go back. That's where I'm going to train. You know, that, Tampa, that Florida heat is something different. Oh, so man, this special special. Oh, I, my God. Yeah. Whenever I start training and really getting ready for the season, because what it sounded like is we're going to have the same offseason we had last time, the Zoom meetings and all of that jazz. So I'm going to have a lot of time to just work out. So when I actually get cleared to just work out, work out, I'm going right. to be in Florida. I'm not going to be. I'm going to actually be in San Diego uh, working out with Todd um, when I get cleared at first. But then when this training camp, start coming up, I'm going to be in Florida working out. So we're going to be going back there a lot. It's just so much to do. It's an hour from Orlando. There's so much to do in Orlando instead of having to come back and find a hotel and do all this. We just kept our house. My kids basically grew up there. So... It's a great place.
4: It, it, it's a big, big shout out, big shout out to our guy Todd Durkin, man, uh, in San Diego. One of the best trainers. Um, and I, you, dude, I used to see you working out all the time during the offseason. When I, when mm-hmm. I go back there, and you know, you see a lot of cats on the field, man. You know, you see guys balling, but you don't never get a chance to see him out the pads. And I, and I saw you working. I said, "Oh man, this dude's special." You know what I'm saying? Because I was kind of looking at it from the outside in and I saw what you did mm-hmm. on the field, but then you 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 kind of see what 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 guys do off of it and then their preparation and who they working to with too man because um I started working out with Todd back when I was in San Diego during the offseason with you know me, Drew Brees, um uh, Darren Sproles. You know, we we'll go out there and we'll work, man. So how how much time you spending with with Todd and I know he's his specialty is really getting you back on it because I know after my injuries I went to go spend a lot of time with him. So you working with him out, you know, outside of the injuries?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Uh, that's why I'm going back. You know, I told my wife when I got injured, and I said, uh, when it, when I start, when I get healthy enough. She gave me that look like going to see Todd, ain't you? I was like, you already know it. <laughs> you already know I gotta go see. I gotta go see the man. And uh, I was blessed enough to be able to go out there after my first injury, my rookie year. I tore my bicep tendon and i went out to san diego to fitness quest 10 and i met todd and and he put me around drew Brees and and uh darren sproles and people of that magnitude and i'm sitting there watching these guys train and i realized man I, i i like to work out but these guys love it and until unless i get To that point, I'm not going to ever be where I want to be. And somebody, a a smart man told me, a wise man told me, if you want to do better, you got to put yourself around people who are doing better than you. So don't be around people that are, I don't want to say beneath, but are not doing as good. You can have family and friends like that, but in order to make yourself better, you got to surround yourself with people that's doing better than you. And that's what I did every time I go out to San Diego. I mean, you think of the names of Drew Brees and Darren Sproles. These are Super Bowl champions. These are future Hall of Famers. And to watch how these guys work and to put myself around those guys, those guys are a lot quicker than me, a lot faster than me. So having to keep up with them and their conditioning, it did nothing but make me better on the field.
4: A hundred percent. And so I, I want to go back, man. Um. So you had to, you had your first bicep injury. That was what, a like a three to six month deal, something like that, right? Somewhere around there. And and that happened, uh, I think, what, in the middle of 2010 or 2011, right? It was,
2: two, it was That was my second one. My you first said, one was at the end of 2010. It was week 13 of 2010. Right. In my rookie year. And then my second one was in 2011. It was the middle of the season in 2011, yes. So I did it twice. I did my right arm and my left arm.
4: But it's crazy, man. Because anytime I I bring up your name and I'm talking about guys with so much damn respect around the league, and, and you know your name constantly come up, um, even even when you just had the latest injury, I just, you know just seen all your former teammates and all this stuff, man. And how how does how does that happen? You know what I'm saying? Is it do you just kind of walk in in the locker room, and you know I always knew that you always commanded a lot of respect for guys, but was it you being vocal when you came in, or you just showing guys the ropes by working?
2: It was a a little of both. I believe guys have to see you. Don't ever ask people to do stuff you're not willing to do. So when you go to guys saying, hey, I know this works. This is how I've had so much success. Guys who have done it before me have shown me this. I've seen it work with them. i tried it. It works for me. And then you do it first. Once they see you do it and it works, then they're more willing to learn. And for me, it's not even a, uh, let me show you, I know this works. It's more of a, Hey, listen, man, I want us all to be successful. I'm not the only person who's worked his entire life to make it to the NFL and wants to be great while they're here. I believe that's why we're all here. For whatever reason, you want to be the best at what you do for whatever reason. Everybody has their why. But to me, all I want to do is do my best to help anybody I can. So if I see I can lend a helping hand, that's what I do. And it goes from doing it into being more vocal and once you become more vocal and you're doing it that partners and guys are like man this guy's a leader man i can follow him because he's being a true example he's not just all talk he's walking it and that's why i was blessed enough to go to carolina last year and become a captain because i came in with my name but then once they seen how i worked and that it wasn't just a name and i earned their respect then that's where guys start to, you know, it's kind of like word of mouth, man. Like, this guy is like the real deal. You know, he's not just all talk. And he's about his business. He's going to have fun and play, but he's about his business. And now we can see why he's so successful.
4: And you're right, dude. And so, and I was just thinking this uh, right now. When you guys, when you came in, it was what, 10, 2010, right, going into the 2011 10. year. Yeah, you you guys, y'all had some dogs. Y'all had some dogs mm-hmm. on that team, but some of those years never reflected. And I and I always tell people this when I went to Buffalo and their record wasn't all that great, but I'm looking around and you got Fred Jackson and Stevie Johnson and Williams. You know, you got some of these dogs on the field, but their record never reflected. You guys had some dogs down yeah, right. in Tampa, man, around that time. And that course yeah, we y'all did. had to, Yeah. Yes. Who who was it when you walked in the locker room and you was like, oh damn, I'm I'm here? Like the first person you've seen. Or,
2: the first, the first person he knew beforehand, which was Davin Joseph, he was an offensive lineman from Oklahoma, All-American guard, had made a couple of Pro Bowls in Tampa, and he just demanded so much respect. On top of the fact that he's just a large human, he just demanded so much respect from how he carried himself, the professional he was. And then once you get a feel, you got to, you get to see guys move around. And once you get to see guys move around, see, the thing is – Tampa was so young, man. We were all young. That's why Raheem Morris in my second year came up with the term young greed" because we were young guys. We was hungry, man. We had just went 10-6, and six, and we had a lot of guys come through in my time, man, and a lot of these guys went on to win championships. Michael Bennett, he was there when I was there. I played three years with Michael Bennett. He went on to Seattle and did what he did. Akeem Taleb was with me. He went on to did what he did. LeGarrette Blunt, he went on to win three championships. I mean, I can keep naming these names, but I got to play with Revis. I got to play with Vincent Jackson. You know, VJ. Yep, yeah, uh, I got to play with Vincent Jackson. You know, Mike Evans is still there. Levante David is still there. I've seen so many people come through and, you know, like stake their claim in Tampa, and it just didn't pan out, man. But we had some guys, guys that went on and contributed big time to Super Bowl teams. And uh, we just couldn't put it together, man. So, so let me. I was
4: just about to, that was my next question. What do you think the difference is now? I mean, obviously Tom Brady has gone in. And I, and I don't want to throw no shade at Tom. I think you know now I, I, he's obviously the goat. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But there was there was a lot of that core that was still there, right before he came down. And some of the, some of those guys, you know, from that locker room, what right. was the difference other than other than the quarterback position? Do you think it was a, a culture change from back when you were playing there and what it is now?
2: Honestly, I don't, I don't believe that's what it was. Like you said, we always had those guys. We always had that core. Um, I believe coaching was a big part of it. They got a new coaching staff. If you notice, once the coaching switch came in, Tampa had a a, a, a solid core last year. Like I always say, um, like you said, no shade to Tom Brady. He is who he is. So we're not knocking him. But he also went to a team, and the quarterback had 35 turnovers. Right. That makes sense. And Jameis is like my little brother. But reality is reality. He had 35 turnovers. So – and they still won seven games. If Jameis takes care of the ball, just let's cut that in half. Let's make that – instead of 35, let's just cut it down to 15. Let's just say 17. Let's say 17. That's probably three more wins and they make the playoffs. Right. So that team was already really good. And I believe that, you know, Bruce Arians came in and Todd Bowles came in and they – uh, put in new systems and top of defense. He's had great defenses everywhere he's went. So, partner that with guy. They brought in the right guys. You know, you plug the right people. You find these gems. You know, you go get a Shaq Barrett, who he played behind DeMarcus Ware and, and Von Miller in Denver. But when he came in, he always made splash plays. So, they bring him in and they say, let's see what he can do if we give him a starting role. he give you 19 sacks. You have an established winner in JPP who's won a Super Bowl before. He's led the league in sacks. You got your Levante Davis. Then you got your young bulls, like your Devin Whites, your Carlton Davises. They got, they had a great core. Your Vita Veyes, your William Golston. Will don't get enough credit. Will's been around us since 2013. And he's just one of those role graders, you know, those guys that just keep fighting and keep fighting. You just had a great core, not to mention the offensive weapons. And I believe they just put it together. And if you bring in a guy with the right mindset, like Tom Brady, that teach them how to really win, yep. hey – we're going to check our egos at the door. We're not going to worry about stats. We gonna, I'm going to give it to the open man, and we're going to do what it takes to win. We're going to live at these penalties, and let's see what happens. And they in the Super Bowl.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
4: And, you know, see, we, we just talked about you being, like, respected by everybody. we seen when you went to the Panthers, even with the Cowboys. I mean, you respected that, too. Mm-hmm. Did you did you think that you were probably going to finish up your career w- with them? Was that, like, the goal for you where you said, oh, you know what, this is where I'm at? And normally, in, in my course of time and watching people around, the guys that's most respected on the team, organization, those are guys that are lifers, right? I mean, we know it's a business. You know, yeah, get yeah. traded, cut, waived, all that other stuff. But was your expectations were to be with the team for your entire career?
2: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to stay with Tampa. And all the fans out there, you know, they took it as a slight when I left. And sometimes people have to – not sometimes. People need to understand this. The football is just that. It is a game. When you come into the NFL, it's still a game, but now it becomes a business. It's a business game. And when it becomes a business – people do whatever they can to keep the business afloat to make the most money out of the business. And in business, sometimes there's disagreements. Sometimes there's tensions. And just because it's not always in the media doesn't mean it doesn't take place. There was just some disagreements, some stuff where we couldn't get on the same page while I was in Tampa and it was starting to spill over into my outside life. And my my family and my outside life is way bigger than any sport I ever played. So I had to do what I had to do. We, you know, figured out and came to a conclusion. Hey, this is what we're gonna do. No love lost. We're gonna move on. And whatever happens, happens. But the love is always there. The plan was to always be in Tampa. I never I grew up a Tampa Bay fan. I was blessed enough to get drafted there. The year I re-signed my new contract, we went two and fourteen. So if you don't think a person's committed to a right. team after y'all going two and fourteen, then I don't I don't see what else you need to see. If you got an opportunity to leave a two and fourteen team and you say no, I'm staying built here, that's the true commitment. So, yeah, I want to uh, stay in Tampa, but I also in twenty twelve uh, the offseason of twenty twelve seen that the Indianapolis Colts told Peyton Manning, we appreciate what you did, but we'll see you later. Right. It was at that moment I said, this is a business. If, if, pay, if the Colts can tell Payne Manning, we'll see you later, I appreciate you, then it can happen to anybody. So I didn't take nothing personal. I still talked to the Glazers. I still talked to Jason Light. I still talked to all my former teammates. I still root for Tampa. I, I love Tampa. You know, it, it's a business. And I started thinking, okay, am I the first person this happened to? So I didn't stay in Tampa the whole time. Brooks didn't say – I mean, uh, uh, Lynch didn't stay in Tampa the whole time. Rondé did. Brooks did. But not everybody did. You know what I'm saying? And then you think about a person like Dion. He went – he was in Atlanta. Then he stopped in San Fran. Then he went to uh, Dallas. Then he had to stop in Baltimore. You know, guys just move right. around. That's just what happens. It doesn't tarnish your legacy or the type of player you are. You know, but that's just part of business.
4: I always I say it's it's kind of cool to – um. To experience yeah. another organization because experience for me experience different places, experience different places because it's you know nothing against the charges. Obviously, I you know love my squad, but when I went out to Buffalo, it was a whole different situation as far as the fan base and the feel. It was just a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like I got refreshed, you know, a little bit from because you know on the way out. It's, it's always the chatter. It's it's like. You can never leave out just shaking hands. Everything cool. It's always like a little uh, I'm a jab in the stomach here. And I'm a you know just right, right. kind of. It's always that little bit out the door. So you you walk into another organization. It's fresh. How was it when you went to the Panthers, man? What, how how was that different from from being in Tampa all them years? Well,
2: the first difference was now I'm in the locker room sharing a locker room with guys that I had to despise on Sundays. Part of, part of year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you chasing around Cam Newton, you don't like him. Right. Man, you ain't got no hard feelings towards him, but, I mean, he's your enemy. He's in your division, so you got to find a way to not like this guy twice a year. You see Luke Keekly, he's balling. He's doing his thing, man. Christian McCaffrey's over there. You see these guys. But when you walk in and you on your visit so you can see the facility, you know, when you're a pre-agent, you go on your visits, and these guys are, like, welcoming you, like, Bro, it's about time you came over here. Then it's like, man, this is we just in the NFL, man. That's like really no hard feelings. We all got one common goal, man. We all just want to win. That's it. We all just want to win. And it was cool to be around those guys, man. And you see a lot from the outside looking in, like when they went on their run, they went 15 to 1 and they started dabbing and taking all these pictures and stuff. And then you get in the locker room and get to see, man, I'll say this. We had a rough year last year in Carolina. You know, we struggled. A lot of injuries. Cam went down. Just a lot of stuff took place. But the professionalism and guys just enjoying the job is one of the funnest years I've ever had in my entire time of being in the NFL. And it's just a testament just to the guys in the locker room. It's just a lot of fun, man. You build, I, I built a lot of friendships in that locker room. And it was just a joy to be around, man. Cam is – I'm gonna say this about Cam. Whatever the media perception of him is, whether he's uh if it's uh you know he's a diva or anything of that magnitude, man, Cam is just Cam. But Cam is one of the one of the best guys you'll ever be around. He's a great teammate, great person, lends a helping hand to people, gets gifts for the team, and just does he's just a really good dude, man. So I, I say the same
4: thing. I didn't play with him, but you know, I know Cam um just away from the game. And uh hell, I was even trying to poach him when before they drafted Justin Herbert out with the Chargers. Right, I was right. talking to I was talking to Cam down at uh we was at Prime at uh Prime 12 at the steak joint out there in uh mm-hmm. in Miami. And you know, I got my whole crew over there at the table and I seen him, he's back there about two or three tables over. I get up, man. You know, I'm I, I, I hey bro, brother, listen, you know, <laughs> I know you got a right, couple right. places to you. go, but you know, we need you out there. And, and I've known Cam. He's gonna go out and train in, uh he's just trained in San Diego too and um you know so i always say it man he was he was a a great dude man you can always just get kind of get that good vibe from him and 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 when some people try to kind of throw shade and say certain things i'm like nah man you listen all the clothes and the fashion stuff that y'all see whatever man look this this is a good dude a really good dude at heart yeah he is hey so so let me so let me ask you so you um you you play there and then you end up going to the Cowboys. And so this is one thing I remember I remember and when you went to the Cowboys. Um, well I'll take it back. So when I got when I ended up going to Buffalo, I had a partially torn Achilles. Like I already had a, a little something there. Right, right. Um, and, and I think my Achilles were maybe like 30 or 40% torn. They knew that. They knew already. But it was like my first practice out, my first real practice out. And I popped that sucker. Not fully, but like another 15 or 20%. And I was done for the year. And, like, I had all these expectations of going there. And people obviously knew who I was coming into the locker room because of what I've already did in the NFL. So you walk in the locker room, everybody mm-hmm. know you are. And I go out there and I pop that sucker. And I'm sitting there, man. I I can't even tell you what was going through my head. I'm like, God damn. And I remember you having one of your practices out there with the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. What, it's what, almost, what happened? You
2: almost, it's like you just told my story.
4: Man, that said that when I, I'm sitting back looking at it, I'm sitting back looking at it and i and I was and that's when I think I even reached out to you to make sure you were straight um because I just knew what that feeling was like man but what what happened through that process
2: the same, you, I'm telling you you just told my story, so I go get my MRI and um i I'm gonna say this my I've been having horrible tendonitis in my knee for about four or five years, I mean to the point to where I can only drive for so long. I uh, can't sit with my knee bent for a long time, you know. Just bad tendonitis, which is what I thought it was. Well, I go to get my MRI in in uh, for Dallas, and Doctor Cooper says, "Hey, um, did y'all know his quad tendon is like fifty halfway torn?" And I'm like, "My quad tendon is not torn. Like I've been playing with it. I mean, it's, I got tendonitis, but I've got numerous MRIs and." nobody has said that my quad tendon is torn. So Dr. Cooper says, no, nah, yeah, it's 50% torn, and there's a chance that it could go. And you may get through the year, but I don't know if you'll make it through the year. And, you know, we talked, my agent talked with Dallas, and we came to an agreement, hey, I'll sign this injury waiver. Something happens to my quad. It's okay to release me, no hard feelings. It's a business. We got to do what we got to do. But we're going to take out an injury waiver on this knee on this particular injury. And uh, I'm like, man, I just played 16. So if it's, it it can't be that bad, you know. So I'm working, I work out all season. I get in great shape. I'm running, I'm lifting, I'm squatting heavy weight. I'm doing all this stuff. We do the two weeks uh, acclimation period that we have to do, and I go through two practices. No pads, nothing running. Um, as much contact as we can have. I mean, because it's training camp, you can only do so much like the first couple of days or whatever. But we going. The first day of, pra- of PADS, it was the third practice. I mean, we hadn't had, we was in the middle of individual. We hadn't had 907, team run, none of this stuff. We hadn't done none of this stuff. We're doing a basic drill in individual. And I'm giving a look, me being me, like I always, always, you know how you event and when guys have to give a look, you're like, hey, Brooks, come on, man, give a look. What y'all doing? Right, right. I tell you, I tell you all the time, I never ask people to do stuff that I'm not willing to do. So when it's time to give a look, I always go first and I let a coach tell me, gee, get out of there. What are you doing? So I was up there giving a look because as I'm giving a look, I can help coach. I can help teach. That's what they brought me there for. They wanted my, you know, to use my knowledge to help these young guys. So I'm giving a look. As I'm giving a look, I'm saying, "Okay, I can help help him as he's doing this." Well, um, Antoine Woods goes. He goes to work a drill, and I step backwards in my quad. It felt like he need me in my quad. And I know if you look at the video, it looks like he hit me really hard. He barely touched me. I don't even know if he did touch me. But when I step back, I just. Felt popped, and it felt like we knocked knees. And I'm like ah, and I'm sitting here like rolling on the ground, like man. I said, geez, I said I ain't never knocked knees that hard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. Like anybody that's ever had an injury like a calf pull, it feels like somebody kicked you. Like if you haven't yeah. popped your calf, it feels like Achilles, you or my, my Achilles. That's what it, yeah. that's what it feel like. Yeah. So um, it felt like we knocked knees and I'm like on the ground, and then I try and get. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. I said, it's hurting like me. I said, man, that, I ain't never felt pain like this. I said, this is really hurting. So I go to stand up, and they like, hey, take your time, take your time. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't want to lay on the ground, because my dad and my wife, my wife is a stickler about it, and my dad always told me, man, if you can get up, just get up. Let them get you same, right on same, the That's
4: same thing I was taught, yep.
2: Yeah, so I, I tried to hop up, and I got up, and I'm like, ah, I can't really put no weight on it yet. So I let them help me walk a little bit, and I'm like, man, forget this. I don't need no help walking. It's just a little, you know, whatever. I go to take a step, and I, have, I can't, like, feel nothing in my leg. My leg literally just gives out. Oh, Is it his knee? He was like, yep. He's like, it's his right knee, ain't it? And I was like, yeah. And he looked, and he said, Jared, I want you to make it flex your quad. And I was like, I am. He's like, no, I want you to flex your muscle. I said, I'm trying. I can't. Man, you know when you got that injury, that doctor when he leaned over and do that little whisper? Yep. Oh, come on, I said, "Hey, Cooper, tell you." I said, "Hey, don't do that. Tell me." (laughs) And he was like, "Gerald, Gerald, it went. Your quad, it went, man. You tore it. You tore your." Did did you
4: see? Did you see it roll? Did it roll up on
2: you? Yeah, when I went to try and flex it, there was a big gap right there between my kneecap and my quad, and I was like, man. Like You know, and it was it was tough. But at that moment, I knew what my teammates didn't need me to see, didn't need to see for me is broken. If I'm going to be broken, I need to break when I get home, when I'm vulnerable, can be vulnerable around my family. And I needed them to see if I'm blessed enough to come back here, if I do come back here, this is what you're getting. You're getting a, you're getting a warrior. You're getting somebody that, it don't matter what what he's facing, he's always going to keep his head up. So that means, you know, if this guy just tore his quad to in he just tore it, and he's already hyping us up, that means when stuff get tough in the fourth quarter, we know we can depend on him. And that's just, that's the type of person I am. So, you know, I didn't really shed no tears until I talked to my wife, until I seen my dad, and all of that, but um, it was tough, man. And it's been tough. Like, dealing with injuries like this, like my, I always told my dad, he said, gee, you always told me, man, as long as your legs are good, you can keep playing. But When your legs go, it's done. And I always prayed I'd never get a leg injury, but this is where we at.
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Uh,
4: you, you know, it's, uh, and, I, and I'll just say this, because I, told, I hurt my knee, but I felt like I, I told my PCL and LCL, um, I played the second half of my 2007 season, but I never really had no uh, big injuries before like that in my life that I missed big time. Maybe a week or two, something like that here, but noth- nothing serious. And then, for like the first time ever, because you always, you know, when you're young, you always feel invincible. Like you can't get hurt. You know, even if you did get hurt, you can play through it and everybody patting you in the back because you're a warrior. And like that was the first time for me where I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta watch out because this thing could be done at any given time. Mm -hmm. But I, I came back from the knee thing. And, but it gave me a different mentality. What, 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 what happened? Is there any point in your career? You had a you had a couple of them, you know, the, the bicep and right. stuff you can always come back from. That's not anything career wise, but have, was there any point where you was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can come back from this and I'm not saying, you know, to be negative about it, but it actually yeah, no, put no, some no. kind of fear in you. Like, okay, this yeah, thing could be done for me.
2: Yeah. I, I hear you, man. Um, that, it didn't happen. It was it didn't happen like that at this moment that my second bicep tear, I prayed and I said, God, am I not supposed to be doing this? Like, am I supposed to be doing something else? If I am, just reveal that to me and I'll stop. Like, I'm not going to quit, but that's back-to-back injuries. And at that time, a little doubt creeped in. And even if this injury, you know, I'm 32 years old. I'm a defensive lineman. I'm going into – I was going into my 11th season. You know, guys have played 14, 15, 16 years. So it's not like I don't have – more left, but at the same token, I've been playing football since I was seven years old. So you at the end of your career, and your knee, your legs go out. Your legs go. That's it. it
4: yeah.
2: And this injury is not like an ACL or or a broken leg. This is like the injury for 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 people who don't know the injury that I have. It controls your knee flexion. So people take it for granted being able to just bend your knees. I had to learn how to bend my knee all over again. Forget learn, forget building muscle, and and learning how to run and jump and all this stuff again. I had to learn how to bend my knee again. So I couldn't even bend my knee, and what the tendon I tore it controls knee flexion. So now I have to build up the muscles around the tendon, so all the weight of my three hundred pound body is not on just my tendon. Yep. So it's a it's a it's not just like an ACL because around the ACL is still good. That tendon you heal it, you learn how to cut and get the strength, you know, get the strength back in that. Then you're good. But this quad tendon, it controls a lot, man. It attaches to the kneecap. You have to sit for two weeks before you can do anything, and then at six, you can't do really anything like real work until six weeks because if you do anything too early, the tendon can pop again. You got to let it like basically weld itself to the bone. Did they did they put
4: you in a, in a hard cast? They put you in a hard cast the whole time where you couldn't bend your knee at all for a certain period?
2: Uh, no, it wasn't a hard cast, but it was pretty wrapped up. It was, it was pretty wrapped up. I couldn't move it. And if I wanted to bend it, I couldn't. Because you, you you don't know, it, it gets so tight, you have to work it until you can learn how to bend it again. And plus, I had a brace and crutches. and It's been tough to get to where I'm at. But I'm ahead of schedule. You know, I just posted today on my Instagram, I got a hyperbaric chamber I've been using. Yep. I mean, I go five days, I go six days a week for treatment. I do two days, work days, uh, regen day, which is today. I do two more work days Thursday and Friday, and then I do another regen day Saturday. So I'm working around the clock, man, and I'm feeling great. It is very, very tough to get back from this injury, though. It's a lot tougher than what I expected, but I'm built for this, man.
4: No, a hundred percent. And it was funny. I, I um uh, after my first injury, I went out and bought that damn hyperbaric chamber too. I think I bought mine for around twenty-three or twenty-four grand. And I know people think that's a
2: lot of money, but not when
4: you're trying to come back from these type of injuries.
2: hmm Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an investment. Like when a person and I know people say like, Well, it's LeBron James, but it's not just LeBron James. Right. You know, when he says I spend a million dollars a year on my body, it's like you guys, are. this person is who we argue whether he's the GOAT or Jordan is the GOAT, whether it don't matter who you pick. you're not. Before him, we wasn't arguing nothing. We was like, Kobe's the closest we've seen to Jordan, but we're not going to argue that he's better than Jordan. We've never seen anything like LeBron. So if a person of his magnitude is saying, I spend a million dollars a year on my body, don't think that what you're seeing out there on the court is just him showing up and being, working out. It's a lot more maintenance and taking care of your body. So when a person spends money on a hyperbaric chamber or they get this machine or that machine, or this, it's an investment into yourself. It's an investment into your career. You perform well, then that, that million dollars you're talking about, you get that back, you know? So you got to eat right and take – It's it's an investment, man. And, and that's what I did, and um, it wasn't cheap, like you said, it wasn't cheap, but it's worth it, well worth it, a uh,
4: hundred. So, so what's next, man? What's what's on the agenda? So I know you guys, um, you're moving in down in Texas, right? And then, uh, have mm-hmm. you talked to the fame yet, and try to figure out, like, you know, what's what's going to be the next moves? Your agents, have y'all, have you guys, kind of sat down yet, and try to, yeah, figure it out.
2: Yeah, we have, we have, man. We've been taking it slow, letting the season play out, because it's new to the NFL. It's new to everybody, man. We lost a lot of people from COVID and a lot of, you know, just a lot of, it's a rough year last year that everybody was working their way through, but we getting somewhat of a hold on it and kind of getting more info about everything. So with knowing what we know, I've sat down, talked to my agent, sat down talked to my wife and um, we're just going to play it by ear, man. We're not going to rush and assign away anybody. We're going to see what suitors come and, you know, see what happens, but I'm definitely going to play again. I, 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 man, when I tell you, when I tell you I was in some of the best shape I had ever been in, like I was in really, really good shape, man. I was ready to go. I was feeling good. I was explosive. But this day ain't me, man. And I just felt I had so much, you know, you go into some seasons and you just got that feeling like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to rock. That's how I felt last year. And it just got derailed. But I, I didn't lose that fire. So I have so much, like it's just built up. Like you got to think. If you go from the first week in January and don't play football all the way – because, you know, you play football in the spring. You get your OTAs yep. and you get your mini camps. Well, that got taken from us. So I didn't play football all the way until training camp. We missed the first weeks in July – I mean, the end of July. So we all the way into August at this point. And then I get two practices to play football and then I'm hurt again. So it's like I ain't played in uh, over a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? So – I got so much built-up fire that I need to unleash on the field. Woo! I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. And, and the great thing about being able to uh, buy this house in Texas is I'm working on my post-football. I've been having business meetings for stuff after football, um, working with networks and doing a lot of different interviews and stuff. And, you know, we're just trying to map out a plan for what's next. But right now it's football. And I will be ready. If I need to pass a physical right now, I could but I wouldn't be able to play football right now, you know, but we're not going to rush into nothing. We're going to take our time and sign with who we need to sign with and, and let this thing run.
4: Hey, that, that's dope, bro. Um, I can tell you right now, I know that there's 32 teams that that, that need, you know, you in that locker room with your voice and, and your presence and, and grabbing these young boys, man, because, you know, a lot of these cats, man, especially they got these uh, teams that are super young, talented teams they're missing that they're missing that guy in the locker room I I tell you I I talk about it all the time if I didn't have a Jamal Williams or Randall Godfrey or Donnie Edwards um you know these guys when I walked in the locker room man they just really uh, uh, Lorenzo Neal Mm -hmm. who just set the tone for me and I said okay oh LT uh, that's how you do it okay cool all right that's that's what I'm gonna do so uh, I know it's 32 teams out there man it's gonna need you in there and uh can't wait to see you, bro. Uh I gotta get out there and we gotta get a workout in with Todd. You know, Todd, I'm should sure, be blow- yeah, every sure, every man. time I'm working out or something like that, I'll get a DM or a text from Todd talking about, you know, I can't hang. I can't hang them. I say, All right, man, let right, me watch right. when I come down in there. I can right. still
2: get it. <laughs> hey man, I, I'll be peeping you and checking you out, man. I'm I, my wife and I, you know, the pandemic, uh you sit around and you just get you you get into stuff. You like start like certain stuff. Like we will watch a lot of little boxing and stuff like that, but I always I started to get more into the MMA and UFC and you know I started letting my wife watch some fights. Now it's like we don't miss nothing. We don't want we don't miss any of them. We watch them all. We I watch training videos. I watch interviews. We always she always tell me, hey, it's a fight on a nice fight night. You know, we just we stay into it. So me seeing you out there doing that training, it's like, man, that ain't no easy training. So I know. I know, man. Like that's some <laughs> that's a that's some serious training, man. No, I
4: I can still get it, man. So I'm I'm gonna get my ass down there and uh and get some working with y'all when, when you head back out to the West Coast.
2: Yes, sir. I'll be out there around March, April ish. So I'll be out there.
4: Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. My dude, man, I appreciate you as always, man. Heal up. I can't wait to see you back there killing thanks. All right, likes. Appreciate it, bro. All right, my bro. You got it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in once again with another Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. And uh, that was cool because uh, of a few different reasons. So we we, we talked about the guys he played with, um, the cultures of the locker room and, and who he looked up to walking in. Uh, also, we played with some of my former teammates. And then going to his robbery, uh, leaving Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going to the Carolina Panthers and uh, try to, you know, Figure guys out there and uh, talk a little bit about cam newton and just some of the guys he had in the locker room and then uh his way on back uh from f- to full health and there's nothing like you know having big injuries because it do something for you it builds adversity um you know builds character and you just find ways to bounce back from everything man like i said before this dude is an ultimate warrior in life uh, always the best attitude and uh, I say he got at least another three or four more years left to play. And uh, whatever organization picked this guy up is going to be happy as hell to have him there because he's the ultimate leader. So I uh, appreciate Gerald for coming on in. I appreciate you guys for tuning in again and leaving these great reviews, man. Um, you know, we uh, I see the downloads and I see the reviews you guys leave, man, and it just keeps me going. It keeps me fired up and keeps me firing up all the guests we have. So we'll be back next week. With another likes Out podcast, keep subscribing, keep leaving those great
1: reviews, and uh, we'll keep heating up. Thanks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.